You can listen to The Professional Left on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or at our website, professionalleft.blogspot.com, where you can also contribute to this podcast. There is a PayPal button at our website, or you can mail us a letter and or contribution at P.O. Box 9133, Springfield, Illinois, 62791. This is the podcast for February 5th, 2016. It's not safe for work. Recorded live from just this side of the limits of our patients, it's the professional left with Drift Glass and Blue Gal. Not at the limits of my patience, but I would like Carly Fiorina to drop out of the race. I can see my limits from here. <laughs> That's an important thing for a bitter Irishman to know. You know, when is it going to, when is my patience going to fall right off the table and I'm just going to start kicking puppies through box fans? You forget how much you hate Primary the roller coaster. <laughs> yeah. Until you get back on, oh, this is why I don't ever, ever, ever get on these crappy rides. Part of it is the, the primary season, and I mean this on the Democratic side as well as the Republican side, is a time of intense kind of family fighting. Yeah. And that can get really tiresome after a while. You just want to get to the turkey and the pie yeah. and not have to deal with Crazy Uncle Liberty Cross away. Or, uh, you know, the stinky college student who came home and thinks he knows everything because politics is for bullshit artists. But the right. truth is, you don't really care about the truth, man. <laughs> Here's a bag of laundry. This used to be about the music, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. So, no. yeah, I mean, it, it's a it's family fighting. And um, but on the Republican side this week, uh, the family got a little smaller. Yeah. Uh, no more Rand Paul to run away. He's as you run away for the last time. You don't think so. Apparently. No, I, I think Rand Paul will continue to find things to run away from for many, <laughs> many. Because as I, as I mentioned on my blog, now that we've learned that crackpot ideas and weird Dr. Seuss haircuts are no barrier to being <laughs> being presidential in the Republican yeah. Party, yeah. Rand Paul is, is keeping his eyes open on, you know, 2020 going, you know what? Uh, one of these crazy sons of bitches is going to win and they're going to get cleaned out by either a 74-year-old socialist from Vermont or the, uh, the, the Mrs. Clinton, uh, who has been pounded by Republican artillery for 22 years. So uh, I'm perfectly happy to bow out now and come back in uh, 2016 and run the Donald Trump campaign. Mm-hmm. With mm-hmm. a nice libertarian twist to it. And I'm not going to make any Santorum jokes, so that's you know it. Who did, you know who didn't drop out? <laughs> who didn't drop out? Jeb! Ben, ben Carson. Well, I was trying what, to figure out what did this, he... There was something about him doing laundry on caucus night or something? No, no. He, some Somebody made some comment. One of his people said he's got to go back to his, you know, his get house. Clean get clean suit. Let's yeah. see. But, but, no, Ted Cruz engaged in the, in the ancient and... Uh, uh, intricate art of rat fucking mm-hmm. uh, by having his surrogates announce just as the uh, caucus doors were closing that Ben Carson was dropping out of the race. Even CNN though he reports wasn't. Ben Carson's dropping out of the race. CNN has said that Ben Carson is going to drop out of the race. And we certainly hope that all of his righteous, uh, religious, uh, good, upstanding Christians are going to vote for the for Ted Cruz, who believes very much what Ben Carson believes. And so, they just lob those grenades in, wow. and suddenly, well, Ben Carson didn't drop out. I mean, uh, uh, 
Mike Huckabee. Is Huckabee out? I think so. Yeah, Huckabee Rick, dropped Rick, out a couple days ago. Yeah. Rick yeah. Santorum hung up his sweater vest. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is no but more. But those guys are running for office for as a profession rather than yeah, a... Yeah, they're running yeah. for Fox News commenter of the right. month. Right. And, they, and they've nailed down that job. Yep. Um, I would... <laughs> you know what would be genius is if uh, uh, Roger Ailes were to hire Rick Santorum to be one of the moderators of the Republican debate. <laughs> Lindsey Graham. Yeah. I'd like to see that. I'd like to see yeah. Lindsey Graham. I'd like to a... see Lindsey Graham and Megyn Kelly just have a slap fight. Uh, <laughs> or who gets to sit, you know, in center chair. That would be fun. But yeah, no, it was uh, it was entertaining. This is a we're recording this after the uh, Iowa caucus where everybody won and everybody lost. And third place means first place and second place means last. And there was a tie, but not a tie. And everybody had their knives out and so forth. And Marco Rubio essentially gave Barack Obama's speech from the 2008 Democratic National Convention, yeah. uh, phrase, phrasing for phrasing, not word for word, but yeah. Uh, yeah. clearly having studied how to do this from that yeah. tape. Um, and the other thing uh, about Iowa that I just wanted to get into be, before we sort of leave it behind. Although now, you know, Donald wants a do-over, right? Yeah. Um, which is also <laughs> funny. And today, um, apparently the Des Moines Register yeah. said that they want to audit the Democratic results because it can't be this close. You know, that's not allowed. <laughs> yeah. And well, I don't know how they're going to do that because it's caucusing. It's not right. ballots. You know, it's they have tallies, but... The tallies are put together by volunteers from essentially on, volunteers from yeah, volunteers on site right on site there from the district or yeah. from, from the precinct that you're in. So uh, that's going to be really hard. Um, sometimes elections are just a mess and they're close. And especially, ne- you know, now with uh, social media and so forth, giving uh, this race so much attention, we're going to have higher and higher turnout every year. And the caucus process therefore becomes really difficult. I mean, it's very hard to caucus when you have 300 people in an auditorium. Caucus in a church basement with 60 people, yeah, you can do that. But when you've got hundreds of people um, caucusing, that that is a a, a nightmare. Well, it's a nightmare. And, And it's also more people came out to participate in the democratic process than last time. Yeah. And you know what? That's a good thing. That is a good that's thing. A, that's a great Absolutely. thing. Absolutely. It is I'm, a great thing. I'm delighted to see it. As as we say on this podcast, and this isn't original to us, every two years, uh, Americans go into church basements and high school auditoriums and overthrow the government. Yeah. Yeah. And that's – it's awesome. This is this is the part of democracy that's just awesome. Uh, everybody gets to go in and have their say and pull the lever – I think it's absurd that we hold these things in the same two states every year. I think it's ridiculous that these aren't rotated somehow or moved around so that some other part of the country other than hay shakers in Iowa and uh, grim New Englanders uh, in New Hampshire can basically close the aperture on who's going to be president from many to a handful. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But that is outside of my control. What's inside my control is this microphone right here. <laughs> I- <laughs> I wanted to add to that about democracy. Um, There was a Pew Research poll that just came out. And um, I wanted to ask you to guess, Drift Glass, 
Oh. Uh, people um, say that the Republican Party, first of all, they say the government doesn't do enough to help the middle class. The Republican Party doesn't care about poor people. Mm-hmm. And they're mixed about who the Democratic Party helps, yeah. which is indicative of this belief that I think is well-grounded that the political parties are owned by the wealthy, right? Yeah, yeah. Who do you think in the survey was the one group of people that a that 61% of the American public thinks the government does too much for them? It's one end of the spectrum or the other. It's right. either it's either <laughs> the right. wealthiest 2% of this country or it's the black. minorities, yes. It's minority. It's, no, it's, it's wealthy people. It's wealthy people. Uh-huh. 61% of the American public thinks the government does too much for the rich. And and they're right. <laughs> A, they're right. And B, you've got one political party that's entirely built on the yep. premise that we need to do more for rich people. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, and that they are a, a they are the most badgered and beleaguered and discriminated against minority in, in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ayn mm-hmm. Rand wrote about, you know, the, the you know, Germany it was the Jews and in our country it's the businessman. Yeah. 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 And wow. And okay. The most the most catered to minority in this country are rich people mm-hmm. and the most the most deferred to um, plurality, uh, the most deferred to um, group are angry conservative Christians. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're allowed to go from state to state shutting down abortion clinics. Yeah. Yeah. And are allowed to to put crazy shit into law and nobody rolls in the troops and says, uh, no, no, yeah. no, you're not going to do this. No. Yeah. Because they don't want to court the, the lunatics who show up screaming about Jesus and, and the blood of Christ on their doorstep every fucking day. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it doesn't surprise me. And this is a real problem. Again, if your if your political party is all premised on the theory that if you just cut more taxes for rich people, mm-hmm. just deregulate them and let them do a little bit more than they already are able to do, or preferably a lot more. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if whatever his name is Martin Screlly. Oh yeah, who pleaded is, the fifth today? By the way, if that's it, your yeah. if that's your fucking poster child, yeah. because he, what is he but a manifestation of a the free market and b the government is to blame for everything? Well, what does he think about Congress? He says they're imbeciles. <laughs> what did yeah. he do? He used the free market to make money. The fact that it screwed a bunch of people and possibly killed or, or will kill or shorten the lifespan of sick people. That's not his problem. Well, that, in a nutshell, is conservative ideology. Absolutely. And you, you have yeah. a real problem reconciling that, which is why you have Fox News, because you need to keep your voting base dumb enough to keep voting for these people. And well, and I'm wondering, I'm wondering if, if the Trump phenomenon isn't a response to that, though. I think we've said that before, that, yeah. you know, um, one commenter last Sunday said, look, he's our billionaire. Yeah. You know, we have one that can't be bought. And so we're going to put him in office because he'll represent us and uh, and white people and my, our whiteness and our Christianity and our so on and so forth. It's, and yeah. also he can't be he will win against the, the rich people because he's one of them, too. Yeah. So, he's, their, he's their FDR. Yeah. Yeah. He's their, he's their class. Yeah. yeah. And, and that bubble was burst. The poor lady who cried and said, I, I'm really sad he lost because he was going to make America great again. Yeah, honey, <laughs> honey, he lost in Iowa. Right. Well, okay? that's lost where in Iowa the to world the... ends for her. I know. You know, and, so you know, there's 
you know, there are 49 other states and several territories that also, it, it doesn't end here. I know that someone might have told you this was the only election in the country, but it really isn't. And it really I've, I've been to Des Moines twice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We're being, well, and, we're being but, very, we live in a cornfield too. So I have, I'm, I have not forgotten that. All and right. adjacent. But if you, if you go back to, um, well, the Tea Party generally, but uh, I'm thinking specifically of Matt Taibbi's Tea and Crackers mm-hmm. article, yeah. Rolling Stone, where he goes and talks to Tea Party members. He actually went and lived among a very them. early, a very early yeah. Tea Party. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. it confirmed everything liberals have been saying about they're not, this is not a brand new group of people. These yeah. are the same fucking Republican base voters who just can't stand the fact that they're, that they're responsible for the eight years of the Bush administration. And the reason they come midweek to a Tea Party convention is because they're on disability. Disability. <laughs> From the and, government. And he was, and he got them to say out loud that basically, you know, that, wait a minute, you all worked for the government. You were a tax collector. You were this, you were that. You're on disability. You're a public park. How is, how are you pissed at the government? Mm-hmm. And it was, well, you caught us. Yep. But, you know, we're the good ones. Yeah, it, it, yeah. It bothers me when we when deserve it. it. <laughs> and, and but again, you can trace that straight from there to the New York Magazine profile. Yes. Of of, the, of these Trump voters. Yep. Who are like, yeah, I've been on disability my whole life, and I'm worried about government dependence creating uh, lazy people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you evens and 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 of course the the uh, constant factor among all these people is they have absolutely no reflective ability at all. They yes. cannot see themselves in the mirror as they are. They are right in the target of their anger. <laughs> they are, however, what Fox News and hate radio and the GOP have learned to do is is direct their rage uh, away from, safely away from the place where it should actually be pointed, which is what Bernie Sanders does and Hillary Clinton is doing, and the Democratic Party is desperately trying to do, and into a uh, into the targets where. Uh, you can safely beat up on them. You can beat up on minorities. You can beat up on uppity women, on liberals. Go after all the same old targets we've taught you to hate, and you can get that bile out of your system safely in a contained way. Mm-hmm. And it's, that system is starting to fall apart, which is hilarious yeah. to watch. I found it interesting that before the Iowa caucus, the media all weekend was talking about how the Trump phenomenon proved that perhaps Iowans weren't as religious as they as we all thought they were. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, Instead of really looking at the picture as, look, evangelical Christianity is a very important part of who they are, mm-hmm. so is whiteness, yep. so is so is uh, not being from the coasts, you right. know, being fly, sure. feeling like you're flyover country the rest of the years. Left behind. Yeah, yep, that left behind mentality. And uh, the extent to which um, your personal relationship with Jesus Christ and your need to be a winner in the political spectrum are linked very right. tightly mm-hmm. so that you can ignore uh, who Donald Trump really is. And who Ted Cruz really is. Well, that's the point, who George yeah. W. Bush was. Yeah. I mean, he's a good Christian man. How many times did you hear that yeah. over the course of the 2004 election? You know, people just mesmerizing themselves to believe that this he must, because of his color and his gender and uh, his belief structure, he must be one of us. He has to belong to our tribe. That means the religiosity is automatically there. Um, and I, I wanted to say, too, I was very proud of Junior Dude this week because we did read that New York Magazine article about the uh, <laughs> the Iowa voters, the Iowa Republicans of various uh, candidates. 
And it was pretty scary. I mean, it was as you would expect, but it was pretty scary, uh, the amount of uh, lack of self-knowledge that a lot of them had. And one of the voters said, I'm so angry with the Republican Party over the gay vote, the gay marriage stand that they Mm -hmm. made against gay marriage, that I almost became a Democrat. Mm -hmm. And he was he was serious about that. And he said, uh, because the Republican Party has been right about social issues for 200 years, but they're wrong about this one. Yeah. And (laughs) pause for a moment. Yeah. Social issues. They've yeah. been right about social issues for 200 years, for 200 say. years. And they're wrong about this one. Uh-huh. This one is the one that I can stand up in to a magazine and say, no, they're wrong. I might and proud of undergo. I might undergo political reassignment surgery because <laughs> <laughs> of their stand. It's so hard for me. Yeah, it's that drastic that I might. Honestly, do- he, honestly, I, you know. I applaud it. The, the part about, you know, I almost became a Democrat because this issue matters to me and they're wrong is something that in this political climate is courageous. All right. Yep. Uh, Junior Dude read that alongside me as I was picking my jaw up the floor over the social issues line and said, but mom, the Republican Party hasn't existed for 200 years. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, there's... yeah. There's that, too. <laughs> He thinks in timelines, folks. So that that was what came to his mind right away was, that's impossible. <laughs> Not because the Republican Party's been wrong about social issues. It's because they haven't existed that long. Okay. And, and, and here's what you find on the internet. <laughs> oh, God. Cons- conservative quotes Lincoln to underscore some yeah. idiotic point he wants to make. Mm-hmm. You spend 11 seconds. I've done this on emails. 11 seconds. Uh, researching it. Lincoln never said any such thing. It's it's a fake quote. It's an invented quote. Lincoln didn't say it. And and the response is always, yeah, but it's still true. It's still right. I mean, this, well, maybe he didn't say it, but the sen- no, 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 no. The whole idea of that quote that you fucking invented was you invested it with the authority of Abraham Lincoln. I took the authority away from you and you say, it doesn't matter. Well, then I can't talk to you because I have no idea what else in your mental attic uh, is just made up shit that you don't really care if it's made up or not because it sounds good. It makes you feel good. And at that point, you just, you know, I I really am at a loss to figure out how to communicate with any of these people anymore because they don't speak a a language that's penetrable to me uh, in a vocabulary known to human beings. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, this, this, I don't know if you caught this, Bill Crystal. I did. Uh, Irving Crystal's <laughs> idiot son. Um, on the one hand, is now retweeting stuff from Powerline about <sighs> Obama and his secret relationship. And, you know, he's a scary Muslim and he's, you know, he's a uh, Muslim sleeper. He's practically uh, palling around with the enemy. Mm-hmm. So Barack Obama is a scary alien foreigner creepo. This is, again, this is Bill Crystal. This is a, a, a member in good standing of the Republican establishment. A bloodthirsty sociopath who has no business anywhere near a microphone or polite society, but who is now, but who is allowed uh, on ABC, who's treated as a guest, whose horrible failures and incompetence and bloodthirstiness is never thrown up in his face by his friends on camera. Um, but on the one hand, he says crazy shit like this because that's who he is. He's a lying sack of shit. But then he writes articles pretending he doesn't understand why Donald Trump is a phenomenon. Yeah. 
Yeah. Again, that's that's the part that that's the part where you're like, oh, you're just and 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 I never know. The hard thing about talking to conservatives, and maybe it doesn't matter, is I'm never sure if you're a Martin Screlly mm-hmm. and you're just a soulless asshole who does not care, mm-hmm. or if you are just a true believing idiot. Well, there's there are. I would say follow the money. Yeah. If you are making a career out of lying, then you're just a soulless asshole who's willing to say anything. And it is not convenient for the Bill Crystals of this world to have an answer about Donald Trump, which is why Marco Rubio made three equal one on Tuesday. Yeah, because they need him. They They need him him on that call. Yeah, yeah. When you and I went back to 2012 um, Mm – and found that Comedy Central. And this is this is the real reason why Marco Rubio, who is absolutely um, unfit for public office, dumbest toast, yep, um, and uh, just a hollow lying idiot. Um, but the establishment is slowly warming to the idea that he might be our idiot. Maybe we can pilot him like a drone. You know, well, that, that I think he is empty enough to be piloted like a drone, yeah. and that's exactly why he's. So- Everyone from Fox News to David Frum to, to David Brooks, da- yeah. and David Brooks are all saying, "Oh, he's our guy. He's going to win because he's going to win." And if you go back, the Koch brothers and everybody else can just fill him up with whatever they want for tax policy, and it, and it is it's citizens for tax reform all over again. Well, we don't need a president that thinks. We just need one that will sign. Sign what, what we, we put in front of him. And if you go back to 2012, his interview with John Stewart oh, on yeah. the Daily Show, we will link this. We will, and we we don't. Uh, I didn't put it up because I couldn't find a way to it's make. It's hard it to possible. embed Comedy Central. It really is. Oh no, know. it's easy to embed Comedy Central. It's impossible to stop it from auto playing. Yeah, so <laughs> forget it. Um, but this is that interview that he did, and I remember I looked up that I wrote it up back in 2012 where. Uh, John Stewart asked the questions that we all have and asked them very respectfully. Well, how mm-hmm. can you say this when it was the Republicans who shut the government down? How can you say this when it was Republicans who said publicly that mm-hmm. our goal is to give him nothing, who, you know, who, who uh, filibuster their own bills? Yeah. Who, yeah. Who do it all on purpose. I mean, you know, how is this not the Republican Party's fault? And the answer to every single question, we will both sides. Well, both yep. sides. Really, it's yep. both sides. I've taken on people in both both parties because, you know, both sides really, John, are to blame here. You know, a lack of leadership on both sides, mostly Barack Obama, but really both sides. Every single fucking question was both sides, both sides, both sides, both mm-hmm. sides. And, and you could just hear the giant David Brooks establishment boner yep. growing out there yep. like an ent. You know, mm-hmm. just, oh, my God, he's our man. Mm-hmm. He, oh, the code is. No matter how big the atrocity that the Republican Party commits in public, look straight in the camera, look look as innocent as the day is long, butter wouldn't melt in your mouth, and lie your ass off in this very specific way. Always blame both sides. Well, Always. and there's a difference then between Ted Cruz and Marco Rubio in that Marco Rubio is more palatable to a David Brooks type because of the both sides. Uh-huh. Ted Cruz looked at Bob Schieffer, and I can we can link this video too looked at Bob Schieffer and said, Barack Obama shut the government down. Yeah. And that's the true believer. That's Bob the Schieffer, person who is Schieffer psycho. Right? Bob Schieffer laughed, as yeah. I recall. Yeah. Like, but and if ate. you're willing to lie to that extent, you're not palatable to a uh, country club journalist like a David Brooks. And, and even Bob Schieffer just laughed at him, just said, yeah. look, uh, you know, your own House Speaker said never again to the government shutdown because it was a disaster. Yeah. And he used that word. 
And, you know, a real journalist will push back on the huge lie that Ted Cruz said, whereas innocent, like you said, Marco Rubio, just well, both sides, you know, do bad things. And Obama has not cooperated with Congress. And that means both sides. Well, it's much harder to to push back on somebody that's dancing around those words. Yeah, the, that's why they use them. So. The, the Beltway establishment and the conservative groupies, the conservative, the hardcore conservatives, will both lie to you all the time mm-hmm. because they're both really the problem. Get rid of them and most of our problems go away. But it is which lie is the acceptable lie yeah. to which group. So on the right, you have to say Barack Obama is 100% responsible for every problem, including my halitosis and my ingrown toenails. And history didn't begin until you know January 2009. Everything before that is unknown. Barack Obama is a secret terrorist and a Muslim and wasn't born here. And, and he's coming for our guns and make our kids gay, period. Mm-hmm. You have to go right. It, it's, it, it is catechism. Yeah. And you have to stick to the whole thing or else you're not a real conservative. The Beltway establishment, the, the lie is it's always both sides. That's why mm-hmm. Ron Fournier has a job. Right. Always, always, always both sides. And Marco Rubio represents the pinnacle of the both siderist lie. And Ted Cruz represents the pinnacle of Barack Obama is a monster who has destroyed this country lie. All right. So let me ask you a question. Do you think that um, Ted Cruz is going to pay a price for his rat fucking in Iowa? No. Given that it's intra-family. Absolutely not. Okay. No, I mean, uh, there, there'll be a debate and uh, what and. And Ben Carson, depending on how big a check the Cruz people cut for him, or how what, what because Ben Carson's in this for the money. There's no way he's in it for right. any other reason. He's in right. it for the books and the money, and it's a it's a scam. Oh, so and by the it, way, he spent the the largest amount on his last report. Um, far and away, the most he spent was for postage. Mm-hmm. He spent ninety percent of his money, his campaign money, for postage, which means he's just out raising more money. Two point nine million dollars of postage in one quarter. Yeah. Ben Carson. Wow. A lot of stamps. Yeah. A lot of stamps. Looking a lot of stamps dead, Ben Carson. Yep. So so ask so get, go ahead. Ask me a question like a reporter would ask Ted Cruz about my rat fucking in Iowa. <laughs> go ahead. Uh the claim on the Trump side is that you actually lied to your to your own uh, Iowa voters. You lied to Iowa voters before the caucuses started and said Ben Carson dropped out. You know, Megan Kelly, that's what I would expect from a liberal media that's out to destroy the good Christian Republican Party that's the only hope of this country. But I wouldn't expect such thing from you. <laughs> Boom. It's the liberal media are out to destroy me. Yep. And yep. why are you in on there? Because it's all. And he even fuck- said last week that fact checkers are liberally biased. Yeah. 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 And and, yeah. and the the inbred halfwits in the audience will go ook, 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 and they'll vote for him yeah. because that's what they do. They, don't, they believe there's a massive liberal conspiracy. They believe Barack Obama wasn't born in this country. And he will simply tell them what they want to hear. And that's why he keeps winning or why he keeps doing well. Because Not because he's brilliant, not because he's got policies, but because he knows his base really well. And Donald Trump knows the base really well. And Marco Rubio knows what the Beltway wants to hear. And that's what the, where the race really is. It's among the evangelical uh, lunatics the ordinary racist rubes that are Trump's crowd and the beltway hacks who desperately need the both siderist lie to be propped up. And Rubio is more than happy to do that for them. Yep. Uh, we watched the Democratic town hall. I really like that format. I do too. Yeah. You know, you learn yeah. a lot. And yeah. uh, the only downside is they don't get asked the same question. Yeah. So you don't get to hear the other one say, I agree with the senator. Yeah. <laughs> I agree with the secretary, which is, I mean, it is really important that 
those of us who are partisans in this family fight uh-huh. recognize yeah. that Senator Hillary Clinton and Senator Bernie Sanders, while Hillary was in the Senate, uh-huh. had nearly identical voting records. They voted together 93% of the time. Yeah. Yeah. And so this is a family fight. I know Twitter's getting ugly. Um, and I getting? Think I went well, yeah. and when Sanders gets mean, he loses, and I I mean that sincerely. It's yeah. as a Sanders supporter, uh, his his strength is in sticking to the issues, and that's where he his appeal comes from. And when he starts getting into these, um, who is a real progressive pie fights, yeah, uh, he loses, well, and I, and I don't want to see that happen. And that's just, why the, this town hall was was exemplary. Yep. Uh, both of them acquitted themselves honorably and mm-hmm. stuck to the substance, stuck to the ideas. Mm-hmm. Both of them said, look, we broadly agree on most things that, but we disagree on how we get there or if we get there. Um, there are places where we differ and we should debate those things where we differ. We shouldn't make it personal and it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be mean spirited. We shouldn't tear each other down, but our ideas um, are different and we should, you know, like grown ups. We should have a lively debate over those ideas and how best to implement them. Yeah. And I thought it was um, boring in the sense that there was no blood on the floor. There was no knife fight going on. I thought, again, here's the thing. When I hear you, Blue Gal, mm-hmm. say I'm a Sanders supporter, what I what I hear you saying is I'm a Sanders supporter and not. And Hillary Clinton is a monster and I would rather die than vote for her. And anyone who supports her is a lunatic and hates America and is is a jackbooted servant of authoritarian blah, blah. That's not what I hear you saying. No, I don't. I'm not saying that. <laughs> but there are lots of people. And believe me, we've had some feedback on this who who believe that. um who have checked out of this podcast. Yeah, who've we've lost listeners over not being um, the two, Bernie Sanders, two rainbows and unicorns, This apparently. is the Bernie yeah. Sanders infomercial. Oh, yeah, we got that. The, we're, we're a Bernie Sanders infomercial. And I, but I, also, uh, we, had, we lost another listener who said that uh, we were too pro-Hillary because we're all uh, unicorns and rainbows, right? Or was that the same person? Uh, I, I lose track. <laughs> and, 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 I, and, I, I, and I get it. I totally get it because when you think you are when you're in a we're not complaining because we'll be here in november you know still podcasting so here's the thing we've been to this rodeo before yeah and if you need a break from us that's fine fine (laughs) we'll we'll still be here but here's the thing um what we have said is and we both have agreed on this um if given the opportunity to vote for bernie sanders in the primary we will do so we will not tear hillary down you will not hear us saying terrible things about her and if she is, uh, and if she is any in the fall, we will vote for her. We will support her. We'll cheer for her. We'll be honored to have her as president. We will hope that she serves eight years and that they're awesome. Um, and we'll do everything uh, that we can to make sure she has a Congress that will pass whatever she says. We have, we had in Springfield a mayoral race where we had two really decent candidates who knew mm-hmm. each other and liked each other and had a series of debates all over town. Um, that were really good. They were substantive and interesting and good. And one of them was had these strengths and these weaknesses. The other one had these strengths and these weaknesses. And one of them won. And everybody felt whether you liked it or not, whether you, this was your guy or not. What, you know what? This is an honorable race. This is a race run by grown ups 
who understand what's at stake, and it's a matter of style and temperament and which one you prefer, not my opponent is a monster. And there's no way to make people grow the fuck up (laughs) and stop behaving, stop it. You know, uh, it was a Barbara Boxer who was saying just stupid shit on Twitter. Stop it. Just stop it. If you have a substantive policy disagreement, great. If whatever, but... Yeah, well, this idea of... Hillary's not a real progressive and Bernie's not a real Democrat. That doesn't, none of that helps anyone. And I understand why people say it. I understand that they feel it. I I don't think, I don't, I don't discount the fact that many people feel this very intensely and that this is part of the primary fever. This is what Mm -hmm. happens when you believe, Mm -hmm. because it's an all or nothing situation, either one will, it's a binary decision. And that you have to do everything in your power to win, including including fighting with knives out and take no prisoners. And yeah, sun- and you work so hard, Dirkless, and and it's incredibly disappointing if you yeah. don't if your candidate doesn't win. That is heartbreaking. Yeah. And I I wanted to say that about Iowa too. That you know I I feel more for Sanders, and not just because I am a Sanders supporter, but I think I feel more for Sanders supporters. Um, because they had to fight against some expectations that, um, you know, Barack Obama routed Hillary Clinton in 2008 in Iowa. And Bernie's crowd sizes in Iowa were phenomenal. And he was raising money like crazy. And, 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 and. And, and the media wouldn't pay attention to it. Yeah. For a long and time. They didn't for take a long it time. Yeah. 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 And so, and so to come to that point in the election night when it is a statistical tie Uh instead of five points, which would have been decisive Uh um, is incredibly disappointing and painful. And uh, people are always talking about the difference between second and third in the Olympics. If you look at people standing on the podium, you know, with the three steps, Uh the third place winner is always ecstatic because they got a medal you right. know and, <laughs> and they're yeah. just glad to have crossed the line into getting a medal uh-huh. the the gold medal winner is of course thrilled and the second place the silver medalist is the one who is the saddest mm-hmm. on the podium because they lost by it could have been number one right or, or you it's know woulda, coulda, coulda, shoulda. Yeah. yeah and so it is it is incredibly hard to tie when you expect to be a winner and to, and, and that's just hard. You know, I don't feel sorry for the Trump voters at all. It didn't appear to me that Trump had a lot of volunteers working for him. No, a lot of people passionately, you know, he, he was a showman and there were a lot of people in his audience for him. You know, that's Louis the 14th. It's not a campaign movement like Bernie Sanders is. No, he, he, he half-assed his way through Iowa yeah. And Rubio spent a ton more money and time there and got yeah. his people organized better. And Trump still came in second. Yeah. You know, and, and yeah. I remember a month ago it was, well, Donald Trump certainly won't win Iowa. But after that, um, and so it, it's helpful to remember that everyone's predictions for this election have been upended seven times now or ten mm-hmm. times now already. And there's nothing that we're going to be able to tell you. That is going to change the way you feel or how, how passionate you are or, or, or where you stand. But it is um, all I can say is this. When I was going through my divorce, um, 
I was a mess mm -hmm. and I was angry and and so forth. And the only thing I wanted to do uh, other than uh, just cut myself off from the world and a bunch of other bad things was <laughs> comport myself in a way that five years from now I can look back and say, I didn't absolutely make an ass of myself and, and wreck everyone. Around. I can look back and say, you know what? I did. Okay. I did. I, I can, I, comported myself honorably. Mm -hmm. I didn't hurt anybody. I didn't wreck anything. I didn't behave like a completely unredeemable ass. Um, so my question is, how are you going to look back on your behavior now in January when someone's standing on, yeah. the, on, the, on the being sworn in as president? How are you going to look back on your behavior two years from now or three years from now? Um, and if you need to take a break from us, please do so. If you think we're secretly in a tank for somebody or have a secret, <laughs> uh, okay, that's fine. Uh, you will not hear us um, tearing down either candidate uh, unless well, it's something. I, I will down say there are times, there are times on Twitter. You know, you pull me away from social media at just yeah. the right time. Yes, I but do. I'm telling you, there have been times on Twitter when. Sanders reporters will say something to me or to, or just in general yep. where I go, OK, fine, I'll vote for Hillary in the in the primary. Yeah. You know, it, it, just to just to point out that I am not like you. Right. I will make this about you. <laughs> you know? And that's when you get a step away. And so you got to decide you are you are representing your candidate and yourself yeah. on social. And I think people just get into this fever, like you say. And don't realize that what they say about other people has an impact on how they, that reflects on your candidate. Um, so, you know, what? <laughs> there been uh, there used to be an old school commenting uh, rule, don't be an asshole. <laughs> yeah. That was it. You know, that was the only rule in your comment thread was don't be an asshole. And, so, and, uh, as we leave this topic, I would like to bring up one thing. Uh, a person I haven't mentioned in a long time, mm -hmm. uh, Glenn Greenwald. Why? Uh, I'm not to uh, talk about uh, uh, NSA policy or drones <laughs> or anything like that. Anything like that. Um, there is simply a delightful article in the uh, Intercept <clears throat> um, where uh, Glenn Rewald takes to task people who use the Bernie Bros uh, neologism. Uh, he calls it a cheap campaign tactic and uh, and <laughs> and a disgrace to journalism. And I'm like, okay, whatever you think of the issue. The idea that the guy who has spent a lot of the Obama administration calling everyone who disagrees with him an Obot, a drooling, <laughs> jackbooted, bootlicking servant of authoritarian, blah, 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 routinely, as a matter of course, if you disagree with me, you're an Obot, you're a zombie, you're a Kool-Aid-drinking, drooling idiot. Okay, so somebody invents this cheap Bernie bros narrative, and that's beyond the pale. Calling people that, that's just that's disgrace to journalism. That's a political tactic. That's weak and blah, 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 blah. And which is to say there are some people who are so, who, who might be right about a lot of things, but are, who are so fundamentally unaware of how they are and who they are, who have their head up their ass so far on one issue, which is it's perfectly okay what I call people names, when I slander them, when I attack them, when I call you a bot, that's acceptable. When yeah. someone else does it, that's a disgrace to journalism. Mm -hmm. And it's that kind of thinking that I just have am teaching myself to walk away from because there's no way to talk to a person. You can talk to that person about uh, the issue itself, but the whole idea that, wait a minute, didn't you just do exactly the same thing? And you're not criticizing the person for their policy. You're criticizing them for a tactic which you believe 
is off limits. How come it's not off limits for you? Well, I'm right. And that's where you got to go. You know what? Time to take a break. Yeah. I'm take a break. And uh, I just thought that was kind of funny, um, as well as the fact that uh, one of the um, reporters for The Intercept has been fired for making stuff up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that happens. It happens to in the best and worst of newspapers. It happens all, all over the place especially as the number of editors has gone down and the amount of um, flexibility reporters have been given has gone up. And as, as, as technology makes it easier to make things up or impute things. But if you're going to set yourself up as the archbishop of impugning everyone else's integrity, <laughs> be yeah. sure your cathedral isn't made of glass. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yep. And that's, that goes for all of us. That is a really important lesson for all of us that, if you are so sure that you are right about everything that you're willing to cheat to get your point or your goal met, uh, you know, that, that goes way back yeah. in history, yeah. doesn't it? It's okay for <laughs> That's human to do nature. It. It's okay because I'm, uh, my goal, you know, that's a form of insanity. We can't be so sure of ourselves. No, no. Uh, I want to do a little Bible bitch if you don't mind. No, I, I love Bible bitch. Bible bitch. That's not scriptural. You love Bible, bitch. I right. married her, for people, goodness sake. A lot of people have, have asked for a return to Bible, bitch. Uh, I loved the fact that at the Democratic uh, town hall, Bernie Sanders got to talk about his faith. And I loved what he said and, and his point that uh, if there is a hungry child or a homeless veteran, that affects me. And that's what I believe. Um, that we are all united and and have an obligation to care for one another is so important. And then the rabbi who asked Hillary the question, that, like I said, the downside of these town halls is you don't get to hear the answer to the same question from the other candidate. Um, and I would have loved to hear Bernie talk about the two pockets, the pocket that says, yes, I can be president, and the other pocket that says, um, you know, I, I, have hu I have to have humility because – Let's face it, the world is much grander than I am. Mm -hmm. um, that's not how he put it. But but it was a question about humility versus uh, enough ego to run for president. Um, and Hillary's answer to that I thought was very good. She does not get into her denomination, which I find interesting because, mm -hmm. you know, she's United Methodist woman. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not making that up. I'm not I'm – not, pasting that on her because I'm one. I'm saying I know she is. <laughs> I've, she, we have, there have been United Methodist Women conferences where she has spoken as UMM. So I, that, just so you know. Um, she knows the secret handshake. Is what not, for, not for $100 million either no. or whatever, her $100,000 or whatever her, you know, her scale is these days. So, um, but th the um, answer that Sanders gave Reminded me of a hymn that we actually sang last week at church. Uh, it is a Depression era lyric. It has Depression era lyrics, 1931, mm -hmm. and it is uh, written by a man named S. Ralph Harlow. And as I said, it was published in 1931. It's hymn number 444. If you want to go look it up in the United Methodist Hymnal, um, and I'd just like to read a couple of the lyrics because. Uh, you know, I pointed to it yeah. <laughs> in church, didn't I? I said, did you see this? You see nudge, we're nudge, here? nudge, 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 nudge. <laughs> um, and it's about Jesus. It's called, O Young and Fearless Prophet. And I'm just going to read a little bit of it. 
O young and fearless prophet of ancient Galilee, thy life is still a summons to serve humanity, to make our thoughts and actions less prone to please the crowd, to stand with humble courage for truth with hearts uncowed. O help us stand unswerving against war's bloody way, where hate and lust and falsehood hold back Christ's holy sway. This is the part I love. Forbid false love of country that blinds us to his call, who lifts above the nations the unity of all. Stir up in us a protest against our greed for wealth, while others starve and hunger and plead for work and health. Where homes with little children cry out for lack of bread, who live their years sore burdened, Beneath a gloomy dread, O young and fearless prophet, we need thy presence here amid our pride and glory to see thy face appear once more to hear thy challenge above our noisy day again to lead us forward along God's holy way. So um, our responsibility, our responsibility to one another, that's where Christ pushes us. Yeah, and, according and, to this hymn. <laughs> and it's very, very specific about you should protest when yeah. greed for wealth overwhelms our duty to take the care poor. of the poor and yeah. children and the starving mm-hmm. and the sick. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, it's very, very, very clear that that is the number one above everything else, head and shoulders, your responsibility. If mm-hmm. you sling a Bible, if you're, if you're out there quoting scripture— then you goddamn better well make your number one priority figuring out ways to um, level the playing field to help people who need help. And to protest greed and protest wealth and protest uh, people not having enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're not doing anything, that, you're yeah. a bad Christian. And by the way, that, <laughs> <laughs> that, that town hall was brought to you by Boeing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And what was that? The Fair U.S.? What oh, is yeah. that? That's like uh, anti-immigration. Uh, yeah, the, the, this right-wing anti-immigration like hat Pitching shop. black people against immigrants, <clears throat> yeah. right? Isn't it a shame how immigrants <laughs> are taking away the jobs of young black men? Uh-huh. That's the graphic, you know? Yeah. It, and it's just, yeah. it's this, it's another, you know, fear of the foreigner, fear of the, fear of the immigrant. And yeah. if we ever got around to having a rational discussion about immigration, I'd be fi- I'd be fine with that. But it's these fear-mongering, yeah. rotten people who, who are profiting off of scaring the shit out of the middle class yeah. um, when the real problem is that, yeah, your jobs uh, suck. You're working a lot harder if you still have a job for a lot less, and every curve is going in the wrong direction. So blame that guy over there. For God's sakes, don't ask any hard questions about where all that wealth your labor is generating is going and why so little of it is coming back to you. Don't ask why you're, you're going broke sending your kids to college and they're emerging with debt. Don't ask why your drug prices go up every year. Don't ask, don't ask all these really hard policy questions. Mm-hmm. There's an easy target group over there for you to blame. Um, and and this, it's the same as it ever was yeah. because you, know, you and I have talked a lot about this week – 
what we were like when John Anderson ran for president yeah. and and when Ted Kennedy primary Jimmy Carter and how that brought us eight years of Reagan and that you and I were on the side of revolution and change and making sure that this terrible president, Jimmy Carter, was shown his place, right? Right. right. He, he, <laughs> no, he, did, he did bad you things. You and I did that. Speaking of having been to this rodeo. Yeah. You know, that's things. the rodeo we did. And uh, so we've we've been down that road. And and yet here we are. Find, you know, when you find I, I want the 18 year olds who are uh, fighting for whichever candidate they're fighting for to have their chance to have their heart crushed, because it seems to be a process that we all have to go through <laughs> yeah. to get to where we where we are. Um you gotta get but dumped to be, by to, your first boyfriend or girl. You <laughs> or you to. won't or you won't you be a good 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 girlfriend later on. Yeah, I'm a good partner anything. later on. Yeah. Mm. You you gotta have your heart crushed so that you know what you really want. Um but to fall for the racism over and over again and to fall for this point to the other and and blame the other over and over again. They fell for it in the thirties, fell for it in the nineteenth century, you know, Teddy Roosevelt talked about race suicide, freaking out over Italians coming to America. Benjamin Franklin. Benjamin Franklin, the Germans weren't white enough. Yeah. <laughs> Just on and on. And, and we can go back to ancient Rome, ancient Greece, ancient, you know, it, it never stops. It just seems to be. And it never stops working. The Tower of Babel. It, it, we, just, we just never learn. I, I, I did want to remind everyone, we are recording this on World Cancer Day, and I wanted to say to anyone who is listening, who has been affected by cancer, who has lost someone to cancer, who is dealing with cancer, who has survived cancer, we are with you. We are thinking about you, and we have. it has affected our families and our lives, yeah. and um, we just want you to know that. Um, and... I actually got a very nice note from someone today who had done a GoFundMe for his cancer treatment, and um, and clearly mm -hmm. the, someone had vouched for this person to me, and I sent him a bunch of links of places that he could go because he's in a state where they did not expand Medicaid. So, uh, and and there are places where someone with cancer can go for help, not for financial help as well, you know, for help in managing your bills and organizing your medical care and getting rides to chemo and on and on and on. And the American Cancer Society is particularly good at coordinating some of that. And anyway, I sent him a bunch of links and I got a very nice note back from him today saying that uh, the links I had sent him had really helped. And uh, and then I, now I can't find the links that I sent him. So <laughs> I, I, I will say to you, American Cancer Society, cancer.org is the place to start. Um and so uh, I, ju I just want to say that, you know, you're not alone. Um, you're definitely not alone. And uh, we're thinking about you. And thank you for listening. Mm -hmm. Even even the family members that we might be indirectly addressing. Yeah, well, and I'm not trying to. I don't think any of my family members listen. So yeah. just, certainly not on a regular basis. So but I'm just saying we're all thinking of you. And um, I, we hear from we hear from listeners often who have lost a spouse or lost a family member or um, are dealing with or, or are dealing with it or have dealt with it themselves. So uh, we're thinking of you. And uh, I also, Illinois, I want to talk about Illinois for yeah. just a minute. Yeah. Because the um, 
local newspaper, subscribe to your local newspaper. Our local newspaper has done a bang-up job mm-hmm. of covering uh, Governor Hedge Fund's inability to understand that government has a role in helping people. Yeah. And uh, two days ago, the front page big article was about how our local Habitat for Humanity has had to stop building houses and yeah. fixing houses for homeless people because Illinois has not had a budget since July. Mm-hmm. And today, was it today's paper or yesterday's paper? Yesterday's they were paper. talking yeah. about autism. Yeah. And parents yeah. with autism are finding, and I'm not going to cry, I'm not going to cry, uh-huh. are finding their children are going backwards. I'm going to cry. <laughs> well, because, for, for a very specific reason, and that's because the governor of the state would rather bust unions yep. and use the legitimate budget crisis that we do have in Illinois as a means to advance his very conservative, uh, ALEC-driven Koch brothers. It's the Scott budget. Walker ALEC yeah. playbook. Absolutely. It is It is a game of chicken that he is willing to hold out and hurt children, goddamn fucking hurt children with autism to get his point across. Has everybody got how mad I am right now? Mm-hmm. And it's okay. And Illinois is being run by consent decrees right now. If yeah, you, the, 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 that's right. The, go ahead. If, if you have a social service agency that is getting funding, the reason you're getting funding is because the court is ordering it. Yeah. And you're and, lucky and enough to have it. court-ordered funding yeah. is how the government is running. Yeah. And yeah. today's paper, um, there is a, a, a government organization that is in charge of doing economic development. Uh, and I'm very familiar with them. And they mm-hmm. do good work and some of the work they do is you know is meh uh but they do a whole bunch of things but it's a government department it's a department in the state government of commerce and economic opportunity that does a bunch of stuff and governor hedge fund is not happy with all that red tape and stuff so he is organizing a privately funded oh my god economic development organization that he will use to simply bypass the government and they'll still have some oversight authority and then you know they'll they'll check in every now and then but he's decided he just doesn't want to deal with the bureaucracy of you know regulation transparency making sure pollution he's talking about pollution right he's he's talking about uh, well i'm not sure what he's talking about because nobody knows but he's decided he's just going to set up his own private economic development corporation uh, okay. That is not yeah. related to the state, but is staffed by his friends, his wealthy friends, and we're gonna we're gonna get the best and brightest and the, the jobs in Illinois that way because doing it the other way is too hard and too complicated. Um, and again, this is what happens. First of all, this is what happens when you let um, this problem go on for twenty years. What the passing the buck on the on the yeah. pensions and the budget? Yeah, and, and yeah, passing the buck true. simply means that politicians in both parties for decades did not pay into the pension fund mm-hmm. the money that the law required them to pay. It was really pretty much that simple. Yep. And so now we have this enormous budget deficit. Budget. Well, and let's be clear, too. The last governor mm-hmm. did raise taxes, raised income taxes. He did. So that they matched the income taxes of the state of Alabama. Yep. He raised them to 5% yep. from 375 to pay so, the bill. Because 3.75 is a joke. Uh-huh. Alabama is not a liberal state. Nope. And is not a ta- high-tax state. They're well known for being a not a high-tax state. And 5% is acceptable in Alabama. Mm-hmm. But because it was a tax increase, the Democrats paid for it yeah. by losing the governorship. And yep. therefore, a Republican got close to the economy. Well, and it and was a... Has, 
it was a temporary tax increase. Yeah. And well, and and he begged them to make it permanent because yep. otherwise you have what's going on right now. Yeah. And and your bond rating goes down. And this we're not the only Pennsylvania's dealing with this too. Sure. A lot of other states are dealing with this and they're, the way it's being done is Democrats are attempting to do the responsible thing and find some revenue, and then Republicans come in and freak out and say, oh, my God, the taxes, the taxes, vote them out because they're increasing your taxes. Cut everything and privatize then, everything. And they privatize everything. And, and welcome, it's, it's a, yeah. welcome to Michigan. Yeah. You know, we'll just turn the government over to a private um, czar yep. who will let the marketplace – and and uh, saving a couple of bucks here and there be the primary motivating factor. And well, and in the in the end, so what if in we the end have poison kids? So what or if we poison their autism them? gets worse? Yeah. Or 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 yeah yeah. Uh, you cannot allow Republicans near any economy. You no. just I'm sorry. Not anymore. Nope. You know I have relatives. I have people I love who are part of that party. And it's gotten to the point where with Alec and. Uh, the anti-union, they're just anti-people. Yeah. And uh, I just can't tolerate that. So um, I have taken a deep breath. <laughs> I am okay. Huh? I am okay. Uh, and I thank you for listening. And thank you for putting up with my emotionalism. Are you talking to me? Or I are get you talking very to... pit you. Oh. I'm talking to you. Oh. I'm talking to you. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> you it, put up with me. <laughs> uh, putting up putting up with is not exactly how I put it. I'm married. <laughs> I married you and I'm happy I did. Um, like I said, my wife gets upset for all the right reasons. Thank you. Lucky me. I, thank you. You're welcome. All right. You know what? Each week we post to our Facebook page. Yeah. Each week we post to our Facebook page and website an Internet Kitty sent in by you, the listeners. This week's Internet Kitty is Socks. Socks in this picture is looking down on you. Yes. <laughs> and that is his favorite viewpoint. He's a remarkably placid cat. He used to live with a crazy cousin. And uh, spent his formative years surrounded by an insane cat. But uh, now he enjoys the placid life mm-hmm. looking down on you. And you can go visit Socks at our at our Facebook page and website. You can send your Internet Kitty to us at our email address, proleftpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can also write to both of us. Feel free to write us. We love hearing from you. Be aware that if you write us at any of our addresses... We reserve the right to read your email or U.S. Postal Service. Go, Postal Unions! Letter on the air, unless you say otherwise. Don't forget our gourmet coffee guideline. If you can afford to buy an espresso-based beverage for yourself, buy one for us. And don't forget our Amazon link at our website. Valentine's Day is coming. Yeah, yeah. Uh, We believe in buying local. We also believe in shopping Amazon with our link if your alternative is a big box store. Or if you're shopping online, you know, do it at Amazon with our link. And for no extra money, you will be contributing to this podcast. Mm -hmm. Approximately 1% of our listeners support this podcast with a PayPal or check contribution. You can, too. See our website, professionalleft.blogspot.com, for details. Both our PayPal and postal address information is there at professionalleft.blogspot.com. Please rate our show on iTunes or Stitcher Radio, and thank you so much for doing that. So, Drift Glass, how are the Internet Kitties doing this week? Well, Blue Gal, the Internet Kitties wonder which white actor Hollywood will cast to play Barack Obama in the Barack Obama story. Let's think about living. Think about living. Let's think about loving. Think about loving. Let's think about the hooping and the hopping and the popping and the loving, 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 loving. Let's 
podcast is recorded under a Creative Commons license, copyright 2016, Drift Glass, Blue Gal Podcast. Minecraft is awesome. Now it's time for Science Fiction University with our science fiction expert, Drift Glass. Science Fiction University Dogface Herman. Dogface Herman says, I think this batch of Futurama clips will be a fun listen and should make for good discussion. Listen to the clip. And then say what is being referenced, and we'll see how this goes. Futurama is often very visual in addition to being audio, so sometimes those are kind of tough. But we'll see how it goes. He says it sounds harder than it is. Let's just try almost, it out. And it's almost always funny. I like, oh, yeah. I like Futurama. We like this show a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Number one. Beer, 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 beer. Beer? Thank you, headless clown of Agnew. My fellow Earthicans, I'm proud to announce I'm running for re-election as president of Earth, the greatest planet in the world. Yeah! Is everyone enjoying their free beer? Yeah! Well, there's plenty more where that came from. We're all out of beer. All right, listen up, nitwits. Who here is tired of illegal space aliens taking our good Earth jobs? Other than it's Nixon, and this is a parody of Republicans throughout history, and therefore maybe, maybe, like Radio Free Albemuth by Philip Dick, the unfinished Mm. book where he has a fictional Richard Nixon in there, I can't think of a thing where uh, this is maybe... All the King's Men. Well, this uh, is an episode called Decision 3012. All right. A future leader keeps cloning the only person he trusts. <laughs> and uh, Dr. Sherman says, sounds like Duncan Idaho from God Emperor Dune. Okay. Uh, uh, sure. I'll give you that one. <laughs> Number two. Attention. All personnel evacuate the planet immediately. And not just because it's meatloaf night. Come along, Lemon, before this whole dump blows up. Uh, Commander, could you tell me when the bomb is exploding? Of course, my significant soldier. The bomb is voice activated. It will detonate the instant the robot unwittingly speaks a certain word. What's the word? Uh, sir? It's the one word the robot uses more than any other. We got it from this convenient database of his ten most frequently used words. Number 10, chump. Number 9, chumpette. Number 8, yours. Number 7, up. Number 6, pimp mobile. Number 5, bite. Number 4, my. (gasps) Number 3, shiny. Number 2, daffodil. And Bender's number one most frequently uttered word, the word which, if uttered, will blow up this entire planet, ass. (gasps) We don't have long. Uh, blowing up planets, because uh, that only happens in every third science fiction novel <laughs> I've ever read. Yeah. So which one are we blowing up a planet? Um, 
there's there's the Osterhagen key thingy in Doctor Who, which is we're going to blow up the planet rather than submit to your tyranny, which seems like a really bad idea. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a bunch of others, you know, all the there whole lens. All the Star Wars, yeah. yeah Star know. Wars is blowing up planets. Alderaan. I sense a disturbance in my ability to answer this question. <laughs> um, like, like millions of good answers. Suddenly uh, well, this episode is War is the H Word. This episode borrows heavily from Robert Heinlein's Starship Troopers and Imposter by Philip K. Dick. So, so lots okay. of options there. And yeah. also a visual uh, that Dogface Turpin mentions. This episode shows Bender and Fry walking into a convenience store that has a sign in the window that reads, Free bag of Ice Nine with six pack. Yay, referring to Cat's nice. Cradle by Kurt cool. Vonnegut. Yeah. yeah. See, when shows are written by fans. Yeah, sure, oh. sure, that know their stuff. All right, number three. <laughs> Snap out of it! Start the ship, Leela. Let's just steal the damn radar dish and get back to our own time. But but won't that change history? Oh, a lesson in not changing history from Mr. I'm My Own Grandpa. Let's get the hell out of here already. Screw history! Oh, this one actually is Robert Heinlein. This is, yes. One of his science fiction uh, time travel stories. He loved playing with time travel. He did it like four or five times, especially when he was the younger, hungrier writer. I'm pretty sure this is all you zombies. That's right. And uh, uh, the episode is called Roswell That Ends Well, mm-hmm. which is hilarious. And by the way, Junior Dude's writing his research paper on Area 51. So Excellent. Go. He kept asking me the other day if I thought there were aliens out there. Yeah, yeah. He's said, no. Uh, no. He, I, I said, do you want to write about the actual area, the spa- the serious science behind the area where, you know, they've done secret military expl- explanations? He said, no, I want to write about the conspiracy theories. I said, all right, well, have fun with that. Yeah. And, well, then we then we branched off into, you know, well, why do you think there aren't aliens? <laughs> and I said, do you know what asking someone to prove a negative means? Yeah. <laughs> Well, and I said, do you know how hard it is to keep a secret? <laughs> so, and and I, we talked about it, and I said, you know, I, I, obviously, I do think that there are is extraterrestrial life someplace, yeah. whether we could recognize it or communicate with it, or, you know, it's just so far away that we will never contact it. Uh, but it's silly to think that we're the only life in the universe. That's just not. Well, I said, logical. I also. I said, remember what UFO stands for. All it means is unidentified and flying. Yeah, it's an object. If you don't know what it is, it's flying. Then it's a UFO. Yep. And your imagination fills in the rest. It, autom- it doesn't automatically mean it's a alien Crazy. force that's out to kill you. It, that's just the movies <laughs> that are related directly, as you all know, to the Masons, the Trilateral Commission. There we go. And <laughs> chemtrails, secret, yes. secret pyramid power, um, <laughs> okay. which were all built by who built the pyramids again? The mayor. The mayor built the pyramids. Everybody or, knows that. Or Joseph built the pyramids <laughs> to keep the grain. For I'm grain. sorry, we're getting yes, all over the board right. here, but now, yeah. Number four. Amy, this is for you. A set of combs for your beautiful hair. Oh, that's so sweet. But I sold my hair to a wig maker so I could buy a set of combs for Hermes. Oh, the irony. I sold my hair so I could buy this third set of combs for Zoidberg. Thank you. These will come in handy for my new hair. <gasps> Finally, I look as pretty as I feel. Oh, that's, yeah, okay. Give to the Magi. 
That is Gift of the Magi. Very good. Very, very good. Which has a mistake in it. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but it involves the amount of money in the person's hand. Oh, okay. Go for it. Go look look that up. This is what happens when you waste too much time in literature classes in your youth. And you go, aha, you see? You see? Uh All right. Uh, Number five. Hey, what's bombarding me? Oh, no, an asteroid field. If even a pea-sized asteroid were to whiz through my skull, it could... Ow! Hurt slightly. Well, that was fun. Now for eons of loneliness. Huh? Fellow Shrimpkins, behold him that hath taken us unto his breast. Oh, oh. Holy Frijoles! All bow before the great Metal Lord! Worshippers, this ought to liven up my endless tragic voyage. <laughs> uh, an asteroid punctures something in space, which again... Almost never happens in science fiction. <laughs> Opposite <laughs> so, day. I'm going to say there's a there's a Highland story where there is a, a pinhole fracture in a in the wall in the window whatever it is and some guy ends up sitting on it to block it with his skin and he's saved. But it, ha- it happens a lot. I, I don't know what which one of my. Well, this one is uh, according to Dogface Terman is Microcosmic God by Ted Sturgeon. Okay. And the episode is Godfellas. All right. All right. Number six. Admit it. You all think robots are just machines built by humans to make their lives easier. Well, aren't they? I've never made anyone's life easier, and you know it. The great news, everyone. You'll be delivering a package to Chopek 9, a world where humans are killed on sight. Why is that great news? I'm glad you asked that question, Fry. You see, Chapak 9 was colonized centuries ago by a murderous crew of radical robot separatists. Oh, so just because a robot wants to kill humans, that makes him a radical. Uh, again, uh, robots rise up to uh, rule over us as less than benevolent overlords. Not a common theme in science (laughs) Um, I can I, I can see C-3PO filling this role in, yeah, in the yeah. last uh, and worst of the first three Star Wars movies. A Deep Thought from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, along yeah. with Marvin. So there uh, are a lot of them. Uh, yeah. The uh, point that, that Dogface Sherman wanted to make is that the name of the robot planet is a reference to Carl Capek. Carol okay. Capek, who came up with the word robot in his play. R-U-R from 1920. Okay. All right. Number seven. You and Morgan were having an affair? I couldn't help it. She loved me because of the part of me that's a slob. And I loved her because of the part of me that's desperate. I am Bender. Please insert girder. Poor Bender. Without his brain, he's become all quiet and helpful. We've got to go to the central bureaucracy and get that disc back. Oh, yes, we must. Why? Well, those arguments aside, we're still going. You can't just waltz into the central bureaucracy. It's a tangled web of red tape and regulations. 
I've never been, but a friend of mine went completely mad just trying to find the washroom there. Then we'll need a guide. Someone who's been there before. Oh, I've been there lots of times. <laughs> oh, uh, well, Spock had his brain stolen. You know, that's what that was my immediate thought was In one of the one of the crappiest. Episodes. Yeah. Why do I remember the crappy ones, too? That seems unfair. Uh, yeah, so he wandered around with a, a TV remote control strapped to his head till they fixed him. Till <laughs> uh, McCoy fixed him. Uh, but I, other than that, uh, stealing people's brains and operating them as drones is, you know, a fairly standard. I also thought of Brazil. Yeah. With the well, endless, actually, yeah. The endless a, uh, you know, miles and miles Ka- of government Ka- office buildings. What? Or, or half of Kafka. Yeah, you know, yeah. Aisle. Also heavily reliant on... Giant, inexplicable, maddening bureaucracy. Right, uh, right. Which, which you know, all derives from Dickens. Um, Dr. Sherman says, Memoirs Found in a Bathtub by Stanislaw Lem, which I have Oh, read. crap. That was going to be my next guest. Really? And, and <laughs> no, it wasn't. Off. No, it wasn't. I've never read that story. <laughs> At all, ever. I've never read it. We'll have um, to look that one up. Uh, Doc Facerman says, I've often wondered if this story would make a good movie or would be too repetitive. So we'll have to go check that one out and see. Well, thank you, Doc Herman. We don't have much else to report this week, but we will see you next week mm-hmm. with another episode of Science Fiction University. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you next week. Thanks, everyone.